Into the Nexus is a production of AMove.TV. Bookmark AMove.TV for other great video games and esports podcasts. Into the Nexus is sponsored by listeners like you via patreon.com slash ITN. Greetings and welcome back, everyone. This is a special holiday episode of Into the Nexus. I'm Garrett, here as always with Kyle. How you doing, dude? Did you have a good... Uh, I mean, literally yesterday was Christmas. Are you full yeah. of frosted uh, butter cookies that take way too long to frost and decorate, and you can't hurry it up because your wife is way better than you are at decorating them, and you know you're going to get shamed at the Christmas party by your family. They're going to be like, oh, I can tell which one Katie made and not Garrett. Wow. Okay. Uh, no, no, nothing that specific. Uh, I do kind of have similar opinions of deviled eggs, though. So I've been there. Oh, show up to the party. You know, you forgot the paprika. 20 other people made deviled eggs. Now your eggs are the shame of the party. Mm. They have like pickle juice in theirs and you took relish and it gets weird, man. People are really like, I think I may have caused a huge party faux pas once by bringing deviled eggs as well. Because I think one um, lady said her deviled eggs were best. You know, I, I was talking about how my, my weird uh, passion for eggs uh, just the other day and was thinking to myself, I don't think there really is a wrong way to cook an egg. And you just remember there is it's deviled eggs. That is really? the wrong way to cook eggs. What? Yeah, man. What? Of all the ways you can cook eggs, you want to make it a hard pickle juiced piece of crap what are you doing with yourself wow dude damn why would you do that when you can stop just short of ruining the yolk and uh cut it in half and have your your runny silky beautiful yolk in a ramen why 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 even bother why even bother that's that's totally different we're not even doing apples and oranges that's like that's like apples and pasta you're just you're just changing food groups here Anytime the yolk uh, gets hard, um, I think the egg has been ruined. Says the man who eats tomatoes. Okay, so, I don't so eat tomatoes. we're sort of. Wait, you hate tomatoes. I, I don't like large. Sli- For me, tomatoes uh, is a size thing. How, how tiny has it been cut up? The larger the piece, the less interested I am in the tomato. So like That's a pico, I'm great. Yeah. Salsa, so we, oh, God tier. But like a big old slice of tomato on my sandwich, why? You just you just made my sandwich soggy. Okay, how do you feel about Halloween eyeball touching? Halloween eyeball touching? Oh, you, you mean know, like the, you, the blind box and the, the you're touching spaghetti the and they tell you it's, I don't know, uh, eels or something? Yeah, yeah. With, brains but yes i did it like once and i was <laughs> like this is spaghetti i did it once and i thought it was lame okay i'm just curious because i think i'm starting to develop a sort of theme here it's, it has something to do with like textures and and maybe roundness that bothers mm, you i, I do think. i do have an eyeball issue but with eating it i don't care i'll touch it that's fine uh okay. yeah welcome everybody to weak sauce masquerading as into the nexus by the way hey it's a special holiday it's the holiday episode. edition we are gonna get way off topic today Yes, yeah. that is the not even the goal of today. It is the purpose of today. <laughs> if you are joining us live, welcome. Happy holiday to you. If you are joining us after the fact, I hope you had a lovely holiday. Cures the Storm is a great game. But you know what? It's a competitive game. 
And sometimes things get a little competitive around the holidays, like our deviled eggs, perhaps. <laughs> and it's worth taking a step back and enjoying yourself, making sure you have a proper gaming diet. And my proper gaming diet break over the holiday took the form of the Xbox Game Pass. Ooh. And it was lovely. I'm a I, huge fan, man. I think it is the best deal in gaming right now. Every holiday, I just stress out. I spend like the first four days. Well, that's a rather big holiday. Not, not, not nowadays. Uh, but like I spend the first like two days leading up to Christmas Eve, like just stressing. What am I going to get for Christmas that I don't want to ruin by perhaps purchasing early on Steam? And what am I going to invest in, particularly like an RPG? And I end up just like farting around and not sure what to get and doing all this research and downloading demos and whatnot. Eventually, I just like played the opening of Dragon Age for the hundredth time. And then Christmas is over. But this year, my farting off, my whimsy, took the path of the Xbox Game Pass. And I just sort of wandered around at my leisure I, I went over and we Ooh. we defeated the goose game together the untitled goose game and Kristen played some uh, halo and we took turns like i would hold the baby and she'd play some halo one experience that for the first time and then we'd switch off and i'd play enter the gungeon and i eventually settled on I, i'm not i don't know if i'm proud of this but i settled on bloodstained ritual of the night and it's good it's not great but like it was so different from anything I've ever played because I've never played a Castlevania I or Metro game. I have never heard of this game. It's from the original creator of Castlevania. And this is a really popular ah. thing that video game creators are doing right now. They, they have a franchise like Phoenix Point to XCOM where they go, well, you know, I was under the constraints of the studio. What you truly want, kind of the Path of Exile thing as well, is for me, the creator of this game, to be kickstarted and create the OG version that you love so much. So I'm going to remake Castlevania, and I will rename everything so that it's not Castlevania, right? It's kind of like... So what you want is for me to make the game I already made without the license to those characters. Exactly. The Paper (laughs) Mario guys just did this too. It's called like Bug World or something. And it's just... And they're in the Bug Kingdom and Bug with Mustache. I I could not be less interested in a Paper Mario that isn't set in the Mario world. That's the whole reason I'm interested in Paper Mario. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Well, it's not Dracula, and you're not, I'm not really sure who the main guy is, Van Helsing. I'm not, I never played Castlevania. (laughs) That's why uh, I started playing Heroes, because it was like, finally, I get to call the characters by their actual names instead of the GoBots to Transformers that is every other MOBA in existence. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It does feel a little, uh, there's one studio that does all those movies too. I forget what it's called. Transmorphers. I, I don't know what it's called. It's it's called uh, 75% of what's on Netflix. That's what it's called. Oh, uh, let's see. The Asylum. The Asylum makes all those movies to confuse grandmas and everyone across the world. Ah, uh, okay. So they're the high-res studios of film. Yeah. Okay. So cool. They did Vampires vs. Zombies. Uh H.G. Wells, War of the Worlds, you know, that would have been 2005. So around Spielberg's War of the Worlds. But, you know, this is Snakes on a Train. Excellent. (laughs) Pirates of Treasure Island around the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, height. Oh, God bless these. These are this is an entire industry in tricking grandmothers into buying the wrong thing for their grandchildren. Exactly. Well, there's just a huge, you know, vat of DVDs at Walmart. You got to go through them. Yeah, man. Or or again, 
three quarters of everything on Netflix. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's true. Well, no, th- well, th- that's not. I, I, if anything, like it's getting weird, man. Even have, YouTube. Have you been to Netflix lately? It's starting to look like your hometown mall uh, when uh, a nicer, newer mall opens uh, five miles up the road. Netflix is starting to look like this. Like, oh, um, they don't have any of the name brand stores anymore because everyone else opened up their own damn mall. Well, that's even weirder because it's like the mall itself opened its own stores inside the mall and is trying to trick you to purchasing things in the mall owned stores so that they make all the direct cash. You'll be watching anything like you'll be watching Rick and Morty. And it's like, by the way, do you want to watch a holiday classic we created? And it just starts auto playing. And you had no choice in the matter. It starts going. And I wasn't going to pick this. Oh. Avengers Grimm, that's a great one. So not only like the Brothers Grimm, but you have Avengers in there to confuse everybody. Ah, so you're just, uh-huh. you're, you're, that's just full on throwing spaghetti. Yeah. What sticks, man? What sticks? So, well, that's just wonderful. That's just wonderful. Well, um, let, let's let's do this, Kyle. Let's <laughs> let's check in on Heroes of the Storm. And then let's we can talk get, Heroes of the Storm. We can get wild on the back half of the episode. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. So um, anyways, uh, before we get into that, um, thank you to our patrons over at uh, patreon.com slash ITN. If, uh, if you liked, by the way, this top of the show talk and you wish it was its own show, you can help make that happen over patreon.com slash ITN because that's one of our goals. Uh, and so, to some of our more recent patrons, thank you to Tyler at Dint. William Schaefer and Alexandra Grant. We really appreciate the support, everyone. Uh, and again, patreon.com slash ITN is the place to go to get access to things like our Patreon Bonanza games, which we are doing tomorrow during the day, no less. Yeah, it's holiday special. Holiday special time. You get access to the Discord and some other uh, fine perks as well, like our new ad-free RSS feed. So go check it out, patreon.com slash ITN. And now let's get into this week's Into, uh, into the Nexus News. Here's the Storm News. Boys, ha-ha! let's liven up this place. The moment is upon us. Yes, I'd mana tap that. And the news is there really isn't too much news this week, Kyle. Uh, as as expected, we had a really big patch last week, and if you missed it, well, our episode 300 was not just a celebration of 300 episodes of our show, but it, we did our job and spent an hour going over the patch, deep dive style. So you should definitely go and listen to that if you haven't already. Um, all that has really happened on the heroes front in terms of uh, hearing from the developers was a new blog post over on the official website about the holiday event. And I, I'm just going to come out and say, Kyle, I think these things are weird and fluffy. Oh, they're fluffy. They, they are very fluffy, but it's interesting that they're choosing to make them and they are interview style. Granted, we don't really know who the interviewer is, and I'd no, like to know because I'd like to talk to them. It still reads like something that is not on the official website. It reads like right. something that would be on Kotaku or IGN or maybe Polygon. Whatever. It it doesn't read like something that is by the folks working on the game. It's odd. The tone of it confuses me. It's an interview. But it's conducted in an extremely positive light, and it is very focused on a particular aspect of the game. And we had this during the XP Globe update, and that was nice. And it established our balanced designer as the go-to guy. And this one kind of does the same for Kyle Dates and makes him the head of the train mount. And all that happened with it and what a labor of love it was to create this thing. Hmm. 
I do tend to find these things interesting, but for some reason I'm, I don't like reading them. Like I like watching things like this and hearing sure. it told. Um, I mean, hell we did a episode of anger chicken like this about a single card. We did it on the, on Zephyrus, uh, about halfway through the year. Um, and it was, it was really interesting. Obviously I'm going to be more biased because I was conducting the interview and hearing the story told to me, but sure. uh, I tend to respond better to that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, this almost feels like, you know, it reminds me of like at least a portion of like a, of a, of a panel, right? Cause they, they did a deep dive into the art of, of Deathwing at BlizzCon and it was wildly fascinating. Um, but without so many visual aids, um, I'm just, I don't know, something about it just written down over the course of multiple paragraphs. It's not really for me. Sure. And the toy mount is the, oh, the double the mount paramount thing of this toy event but it's not part of the event and i think that's where i'm kind of falling a little flat with it i think the toy mount is amazing and there's no reason to not make us pay for it but because it has become the center focus of the event i got in the game was like sweet cool what do i what what, where where do i get the train like I'm, i'm looking around the map i'm rolling my dice i'm getting my quest done where do i get this train and it's just in the store and that kind of threw yeah. me. I mean, you could get lucky and open it in a chest. Sure. My sure, chest yeah. luck has been really good lately, by the way. Nice. Uh, I think every chest I've gotten has had a legendary item in it, and only one of them that I have to re-roll like four times. I've just gotten nice. mad lucky. Like, just before the show, dude, you and I played a couple games just to, you know, and enjoy our time together for the holidays. And yes. I cracked open a chest and I got the uh, zombie plush horse mount. I was like, hell yeah, I've been wanting that thing. I don't want to spend shards on it. I just uh, just got it. It was wonderful. Also got one of yeah, the I did a- green army men skins. I got the green army man Deckard, which those skins, like, normally I'd be like, oh, plastic. Okay, that's not that hard to make. But they look great. I love them. They're ridiculous looking. Yeah, I dove right for my my bear stitches because over the last year I learned my stitches and have been enjoying him. I uh, had like 40 some normal boxes and at least still maybe 15 Halloween boxes. So I usually sit on things till I need the shards and then I go through them for the shards to get what I want and everything else is incidental. I still have 40 boxes left and I'm going to wait to the end of the event. And then cash those all in for shards if I haven't gotten my train yet. Mm, I just open things as I get them. I don't really hoard for any particular reason. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a personal choice. I don't think I'm any more effective or less effective than anybody else. I think you're in the right to open them excitedly. And if one day they update, like I think the thing that really tricked me was the Alterac Valley Alterac Pass event where they came out with that Varian skin where he was all like in Alliance garb. And that was just a release. And it was sitting in normal boxes. There was no event tied to it. And so my reward brain went, oh my goodness, I stocked normal boxes. These are now full of things that I didn't have previously. And I dug and got that Varian. I remember that. I I actually remember you talking about that on the the show. I think at one point you were like, no, because event or new things sometimes get added to the normal boxes. And and you weren't wrong because in that in that case, you that that's absolutely what happened. Uh, But since then, we've been getting new things that are tied to events. Yes. Although. Where's the new Brightwing skin? That's just the thing. That, that's Deathwing. That's, that's in a normal box. That's not right? anywhere. Yeah. It's in a normal yeah. box is a chance to get that. 
So yeah. you, it still happens. We still get things yeah. added outside of event chests. So yeah, now you're good. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. I get it. I get it, Kyle. I hoard the golden card packs in Hearthstone. I don't like opening them. Does that do the same thing? No, I mean, not really, because it's a classic pack, so we'll only ever pull from the classic set of cards. But Man, I'm all at that thing now. I just like going into my card packs and seeing golden packs there. I'm like, I can get golden cards, but you know what I can't get? Golden packs. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's okay. weird. It's weird, man. I don't know. Did you ever used to have, uh, I used to have Japanese uh, Pokemon card packs? And I would always open all but one because I like I just liked having an unopened Japanese card pack. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. There was a stint there where that's like my parents did not have to think for Christmas. They were just like, yeah, we'll just get him some Japanese packs and he'll be stoked. Yeah. But it had alternate art, right? Like it was different. And uh, well, I would get from sets that weren't out in the states yet. That's right. When yeah, they came here, yeah. most of the time, the art was the same. There were a few cars that they changed art for for various reasons. Jeez, I did the same thing, man. Man, you know, of all, of all the games and stories and whatnots that we've been through, the buyer's remorse. I like my Pokemon card collection, but I do wonder sometimes. My first job went all into Pokemon cards. And you wonder what that money was and, and what would it feel like to just see that cash stacked up. Mm, mm. looking for that charizard that never came yeah i put a lot of my first job money into guitars which i still have and still play and okay. still enjoy so yeah i don't i don't have too much buyer's remorse there i've definitely have buyer's remorse for a car or two though because mm. it's like i finally finally settled on one i like and i'm like well if i had just figured this out to begin with i could have saved myself a lot of money that's life. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And by the way, dude, like I know we're both kind of head scratching at these, these interviews that are on the heroes site, but, um, I really would like to tip my hat to the train mount because it, it every time I see it in a game, I just giggle to myself The the freaking, like it has like, I, I think they just went into a recording booth with a wooden train whistle and that's what they use because that's exactly what it sounds like. It's hilarious every single time. There's something, multiple games now during this event, I've been in a really intense situation where I'm starting to tilt or if I'm not getting tilted, I'm at least taking it very seriously. And I'm like, okay, we got to go here. We got to do this. We got to do this other thing. Oh my God, that person just stepped where they shouldn't and they're dead now. And I'm just about to get angry and someone mounts up on that damn thing and it goes choo-choo. And I'm just like, damn it, it's Christmas. I should smile. (laughs) Like It's doing its job. But there's more to it than that. The fact that it exists is worth taking a moment and saying, interesting because when we go over to the battle.net website well you know newsblizzard.com because you know that whole battle.net thing happened and they didn't want to call it battle.net but then we all just went it's battle.net stop it so it went back to being battle.net and they went okay okay you can go all right no jeez they had mike morheim they they rolled mike mike morheim out for that he had had an announcement (laughs) saying he's alive he's well Well, he's doing fine yeah but just i just no i just feel like he's so busy they literally had to just take him on his office chair and scoot him out in front of the camera and then scoot him back in 
I, I love the idea of these. And where am I going? And they just, you know, keep pushing him. They're like, you need to announce that it's not Battle.net anymore. And I bet even he was like, that doesn't make sense. Why would we? Okay, you've got cue cards. I guess I'll do this. Listen, the marketing team made some decisions. No, but all the same, like these things are ending up on the news feed for Blizzard. And it is making heroes more visible. There are things that, yeah, you could say are fluffy like this, or even saying things like uh, the uh, community roundup for content creators who made, you know, silly images out of Deathwing or did Deathwing fan art. But the fact that we're sharing out these things that somebody and an unknown somebody now is putting in the time to do these things since the, you know, community management apocalypse over there, that is a achievement. And someone's putting in extra time or we are slowly once again re-ramping up the community involvement with Blizzard and we'll see where that leads us. Yeah. Who knows, Kyle? We will, we will find out, right? I'm curious, like, I, I know it's going to be a while because Deathwing just happened, but I'm curious what the next hero release will look like as far as promotion and outreach, right? Yeah, so I don't imagine they're all going to have like a big reveal stream and they're going <laughs> to I don't know why I keep saying roll out. They're going to roll out all your old favorite HGC personalities and uh, we'll see what happens. Right. It, it works, though. And it, we definitely feel like we're in, you know, fan territory for a long time now. It, it would feel weird to get anything. I'm not even talking about Nexus Originals. Those have a certain fandom to them as well. And they do really, really well on external websites. News websites really eat up things like Kira and um, Orphea because it, it's interesting to non-Blizzard fans and it does bring people over. I'm curious to see if we'll get... I, I feel like the Naga's coming, in all honesty. I feel like that's where all eyes are sort of looking right now. Deathwing's out. We're, we've done that. You got, we're going to be too late for Warcraft 3 tie-ins. We were too late with Anduin. It, it's not how that team works. As I'm sure, you know, the hype builds. They're very excited when a game is coming out. They'd love to include themselves in that excitement. But I think the pipeline is just entirely different. And Warcraft 3 will not equal something like Grom. Mm. So if it's Naga, it's it's going to be Queen Ajar, right? We're not just going to get like a rando Naga I model. think it's Vash. Oh, you think it's really Lady Vash over Queen Ajara? Yeah, absolutely. Is it just, are, are you sure that's not just because you played Burning Crusade, but not really Legion or uh, BFA? No, I think when you're like, oh, no, you're thinking of, well, modern stock in Ashara is higher, but the classic stock in Vash is, is you know, it, it's a staple. It's, it's, it's the gold standard. And I think when they're looking at their Naga across the board, Ashara isn't necessarily the Naga fantasy. It's not the, it doesn't embody, it embodies all these other, you know, crazy old God things and tie-ins. Uh, that's fair. That is fair. Although, who knows, they may really, really want to do another, like, transforming hero. They could. And, and if that's yeah, the case, Ashara makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she'd be very interesting to see in that world i mean i i just love the classic models too like just the big burly naga dudes who throw like seven nets on me and it sucks i mean but, dude yeah. I, i've been saying this for years i want just more mobs just give me a knoll right yeah. like, it doesn't even have to be hogger although if it was i mean hogger is just a knoll right there's nothing that unique about hogger in the way hogger looks um you know i'm still 
still waiting just for like a Zergling. Just give me a Zergling hero. I just want to run around real fast and nibble on people. Yeah. And maybe that stuff is, you know, in the background. Maybe that is an even further development of the game because we have Zerglings and we have Knolls on Alterac Pass. And we could take those models and, you know, gussy them up a little bit and be done. So while the pipeline is still supported, we get heroes that take more artwork. And later on, we'll get heroes that are more converted. All right, I want a kobold. We don't have a kobold anywhere. It's going to put down a candle. It's going to act as a buff. And if the enemy walks over it, they unwillingly take the candle and get a debuff placed on them so that the kobold does more damage to them. Oh, that's a cool yeah, idea. I just made your kobold hero. It's perfect. Done. Done. You Done. Know the reason they're not bringing back Haunted Mines is because there's a whole nother map the kobold plays on. It's like, it's it's like what the <laughs> you're saying that the kobold's gonna get like a passive buff down in the mines. Yeah, exactly. But every map has its own kobold mines. I'm f- I, by the way, Kyle. I have arrived. Yeah. I miss haunted mines. I'm ready for haunted mines. Again. Oh, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Can we swap it out for Blackheart's Bay? I'm done. Mm. I I could go probably three years without ever playing Blackheart's Bay again. I'd be totally fine with it. <laughs> I mean, it's busted. Like, it does not conform to our modern understanding of how a map operates. I'd be curious, though. I'd be curious to see where we end up. I mean, hell, give us, like, old minds back. I don't care if, like, the Merc timings got kind of boring. Give me a map we just know the rules to. and Let's just do it. Yeah. It is a different world. We'd have to relearn it, but... Nazebo's uh, gargantuan would follow you back then around the entire yeah. mine. Yeah. Before they made it an AOE sort of setup area like Phoenix. Yeah. We could also just take Blackheart's Bay out. I, I, if Honda Mines isn't ready yet, can we just can we just maybe retire Blackheart's Bay? Tell us it, you know, it, it went to a farm. Blackheart's Bay, it found this beautiful video game farm. It's there. It's having a great time. Don't worry. About well, it. Wait, we got an email coming up later, so let's just do it now. Like, what would you change about Black Arts Bay? Well, well mm. like, if they wanted to keep the aesthetic, you know, mm. I'm, I'm this was uh, Valkomir's email, right? right? I want to give them credit. This is Valkomir, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. What change would you make Black Arts Bay? Um, that is I've, Clancy Brown, right? Like, he is, I, he's hamming it up. The first thing that pops into my mind and is maybe too obvious is, is Towers of Doomify it, you know, protect the core. Because it's already pretty, like, the, very often the game devolves into just do the objective until the game's over, right? Why don't we force it more so that it feels a little more right to defend the turn-in, to fight mm. over the turn-in? Um, it would be weird to have more than one turn-in on the map. That also crosses my mind, but I think it works for... St- spider queen because it's a small enough map that you can do your best to try and defend both and you feel as if you've really pulled something off if you pull enough attention in one direction so you can sneak a turn in into one of them if you had two turn ins on black hearts i feel like it's so damn big it wouldn't feel as special uh, to pull attention to somewhere on the map i like your idea a lot because the joy of that map is when we're actually even battling over the turn-in 
and seeing who can sort of eke out. And that guy with, you know, 10 coins, you know, gets away barely into the back line and gets healed up and comes back in. It's the times when that's happening and it's very exciting, but they're two levels up and there's the guards in the top lane, just AFK pushing that your brain goes, well, what? Like, what? which one of these is more important? And why Why did they get a cigar in quick match? And it is a very draft-dependent map. So I didn't even think about protecting the core. I'd want to take away some of the draft dependency on it. And I would actually like to attack certain heroes again. I want to I wanna get Butcher off that meat, man. I, 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 there are so many heroes that can do a Merc camp like Nazebo, but shouldn't. Or don't. I mean, Zul'jin can do a Merc camp pretty decently, but the taxation on his stacks, and particularly if he's doing it at later level, that, that's more stacks. That's stacks on stacks. He's not getting kills for his, I've heard it called the Exodia quest. That was really cute. Thank you, Twitch chat. But get your five kills. Your, uh, your Arcanite blades getting stacks, you know, all that, like Zul'jin farts off to a camp. What are you doing, Zul'jin? But he's good at it. And same with Butcher, but he's missing out on meat. And I'd like to make that that clean. And I think if we clean up those sort of aspects of heroes, Blackheart's Bay becomes a more interesting place rather than who got the Sonya and the Murky. Uh, I like that too. I like that too. I mean, but, but like, do you want to make change, like big baseline changes to heroes just for the sake of Blackheart's Bay? Or do you also want to just open up Murkability on those heroes on all of the other battlegrounds that are in the game? Well, I think, too, you would clean up some draft options on our two-lane maps because Zul'jin definitely has his, his extremes. He is extremely weak to things like uh, Mal'Ganis and Alarak and really and, and Junkrat. People who are going to position him, interrupt him, uh, he has no pushback. Even Rainer can at least like say, no, don't Malganus. Like it, it, he is draft dependent, but we stack him in the four lane because he gets the stacks. But that because he's so volatile, I feel like picks like him are also making Braxis a tougher world because he's good on Braxis, but he's bad from behind. And look, Kel'Thuzad's the same way. Like, oh, great. We're going to stack him up four lane that guy. You lose the Zerg wave, Kel'Thuzad feels useless. And I know I'm also kind of, you know, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been against quests for a while now, but we can clean up some maps by maybe changing the way quests work. I, I like that idea. I mean, I'm trying to imagine Butcher without meat. It existed in a sense in the world, right? Because the meat was an it was a talent originally. Yeah, but it was the right way to build them, so that's why you just baked it in. Well, it was it gave him theming beyond other characters, and yeah, it he was too good at too many things. He was really good at you know Battlefield Eternity, which means there was no maybe draft interest there i mean let's see we got uh i'm going through some bug fixes i'm back in 2015 right now what if i mean mean, with someone like butcher you could consider meat drop adding meat drops to merc camps to monsters yeah to skeleton pits right like imagine skeleton pits drops like half meats 
for every skeleton you kill. Right? Yeah, that was back in 2016 that we changed Butcher to have baked in meatery. Interesting. But like for someone like Nazebo, what do you do? Do you, well, I guess again you could like give him some give stacks, stacks based on the yeah. you'd have to if you're doing mercs, you'd have to give them more than one stack, right? Because otherwise it's not worth their time. Right. You know, and then you have to even it out. And nobody wants like jungle Zuljin running around getting hero stacks in the background. So right. it's not but, a perfect solution. But it's interesting. It, I don't know. I, th- I think it could work to a certain degree, right? Because if it was roughly equivalent to staying in lane, then if you don't see the Nazebo, you don't see the butcher. They're probably murking. And you kind of give information to the opposing team if they know how the hero works, right? Yeah. And so suddenly murking becomes a little scary. Because you don't have bribes, so it can't be done in- instantly, and the opponent probably can sniff it out. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm still interested in that, Kyle. Interesting I pl- think too, you would- place to play anyway. Yeah. You might, in some ways, you know, we, we like to say that all these changes would also improve the education of the player base because they are in quick match but you know at, at the same time like everyone's got their pet projects my my hero quest redesign doesn't stop zuljin from saying who's gonna stop the cigar and running off to stop her well it, like that was never your job in the first place and it's that weird situation where like if you didn't go there then tassadar would have done it and you would have the team would have been better off but you you realize the importance so you took the hero that isn't optimized like lily and you know Silver is stuck in lane clear because she knows how important lane clear is, but it's not what we should have done. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting. Nonetheless. Man, I just really want to play a Haunted Minds game now. All I got out of all of this. <laughs> we like, can. I, I want to go to Haunted Minds. Yeah, well, we can. You know, we've got a Bonanza coming up. If you want to do a little five on five action, load up an old map, we can absolutely make that happen. I don't have to remind myself how the hell it works. I think in my mind, uh, I'm still remembering the old the old map like the yeah OG no there's that whole lines. like uh, with the one with the camp in the middle and yeah no yeah. It, it's different now too yeah interesting interesting thoughts what are we gonna get heroes of the storm classic kyle <laughs> how long did it take wow 15 years okay so there we go there you go so so. We're, we're, we're five years into it we're five years into it <laughs> so when we're 42 years old we can Perfect. welcome the launch of heroes of the storm classic and everyone will say how much better it was back when Illidan had first aid. And yep. it'll, it's the perfect game. Yep, you and I will come back. We'll be like, ammo's back. That's the only thing that we cared about. It, the game is infinitely better. Although, I, no, no, no. I would like to play with ammo being back again. I know they said they already tried it, and they don't think they're going to try it again for an anomaly, but I uh, I hope they circle back around to it. Yeah, it, the problem always will be in my head i didn't enjoy ammo i didn't like ding while i my buildings had no ammo to participate that said you know what if we gave them target priority like we can change other aspects if that building has ammo and target priority when varian dives to get a taunt done and my building pays attention i might like that even if they're deflected but i think really it comes down to that the merc heavy players just don't have an impact like they used to and getting that merc timing correct rather than using mercs for xp just felt really solid it was a way to carry the game and i want to that's that's the part i don't care about ammo 
I just want them to find a way that we're not doing mercs for XP because we've sort of, even though it spawns, and that is the thrill of Heroes of the Storm for me, I did not like in Dota how the guy in the woods just farted off for 30 minutes and was like, I'm too busy farming, not helping. It's still, it lost that edge when it couldn't just take a fort by itself and need it addressed. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well... We've got more questions to answer, but we'll do that in the email section. Do you want to uh, want to pop into strategy and kind of take a look at just what the heck has happened since the balance patch? Absolutely. Choose a talent. Choose a talent. Talent? Ah, that seems generous. I have a PhD in PvP. So there were quite a few buffs in the last in the last uh, balance patch. Did they all end in move uh, upward movement? For the buffed heroes in the win rates? For the most part, yes. Anubrak went up a little bit. Most of these buffs were pretty, you know, tame, or at the very least, a talent incentivization. Ariel did go up quite a bit. Uh, she jumped up 0.63. So not an insane amount. Maybe Ariel, not the, you know, healer that everybody had ready to roll, but she has moved up, and Resurrection is, you know, being banned out if not just taken for that hero for those reasons and lots of people have different ideas about how we could adjust this how we could make it more fun to play against we are reaching a resurrect epidemic we are at 73 percent pick rate there with a almost full 10 percent higher win rate on resurrect i hope this leads to buffs and not nerfs because i like the new resurrect but it's got it's a tall order, right? Like, what do you do to compete with that talent at this point? And will we see adaptation to it? I mean, this win rate going, you know, up to 53% as of this week, almost 54%. That's not insane. We do not re need to get rid of Ariel, but in classic Heroes of the Storm fashion, we need to have some counterplay options. And right now, your job is to pick Ariel early and make sure that you on the enemy side, seeing that Ariel don't draft a team dependent on heroics. You wouldn't want to just put everything into pyroblast for instance, because once pyroblast is gone, resurrect comes in and that deletion didn't do its job anymore. Can we draft more sustain into Ariel? Does that make it interesting? But what we really need to do is continue to do exactly what you did in the first place versus Ariel and take zoning. Don't pyroblast Phoenix and don't living bomb build necessarily, though it's still really good against Ariel. You might want to do a flame strike build because when you divide her from the tank, when you stop allowing Ariel to get auto attacks to hit multiple heroes with a heal, or you know, your living bomb's gonna do that anyway. So just deny her even reaching the space of the heroes because of her range. That can completely negate Ariel in many ways. That, that's been in the back of my mind as potential nerf area, right? Is reducing the range on Resurrect or yeah, the one that has really been in the back of my mind. I'm like, and I kind of feel like it's coming is increasing the channel time. Both those would be decent. I think holding on to a stun for that would require some sort of effects. Like she would really have to make a pretty big deal about that res getting going, you know, mosh pit levels of... Hey, everybody, check this out. I yeah, think your range idea I, is a lot better. I, I, I think 
this is another one of those things that's kind of like as a community, right? It's, we're learning together. Because I think right now, if there's an Oriel on the team and you get a kill, you should immediately start looking at the Oriel for a stun. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure how much we need to worry about effects there, but, but we'll, you know, I, I, you're well, not wrong. In a, in a turnaround situation where Ariel is going to do the res and you're going to get maximum value, you would stampede over the ghost, control that zone like you would a pile of Spider Queen gems, and make sure that when they res, they die instantly and are locked down and surrounded. So you get XP, hooray, she ruined it. If we reduce her range, I really like that idea because now she has to occupy that space that we're already trying to deny. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good way to look at it. I like how we went from how do we buff you just to yeah, like, we should probably just nerf resurrect. I mean, the problem is, Aegis the, is already. I'm okay with it. Just don't get rid of the feel good part of it, right? Which is the res yeah. with the full health. That feels good. It feels unique. It feels impactful. I think it's right. And with the positioning, with the delay, those sort of things allow you to have that chance to get double XP out of that hero. And that is huge. There is a gamble with Resurrect when it's properly balanced. To buff Aegis, I don't really know what you do because it delays for a heal or you use it as a bomb to avoid your own death. Do we have to take Resurrect's self res away in order to make Aegis interesting? Because Aegis so often... While it's cool to say, Illidan, look out for the pyroblast, but you, and he explodes, and you get lots of hope, and you heal him. More often than not, everyone dives you, you heal yourself, then you aegis yourself to delay for the heal again. You explode, you get a heal, you self-heal, and you survive the onslaught. Granny didn't give away any XP in the scenario, but with the res, everyone says, get the Ariel, and you say, I'll be back. No problem. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's interesting for sure. It's because Aegis is really good. It's just we're all on the res train right now. Yeah, and you know, chat's bringing up too that the duration of the delay was decreased, so we went from five seconds to three seconds. Maybe that five seconds for everyone to say, "Ghost, here comes the ghost!" Like, here's the res. Let's get in its zone. Let's deny that space. Three seconds is probably too short. I think so. But I like that we're in agreement that the health is right. And I 100% agree because the way Ariel heals. It, it, it feels very much, I don't know, to me this feels a lot like Rhaegar self-ancestral healing. Like the, that, that thing where, where we talk about it just feels right. Yeah. Kind of thing. I mean, we lived with it for a very long time. They took it away because of HGC and we finally got it back this year. Um, and it just, it just feels like the way it should work. And that's kind of how, that's how I feel about resurrect on Ariel right now. Like, yes, it's powerful, but it also just kind of feels like, I don't know. It's what it's, this is, there's an emotional quality to it, uh, that I dig. So, I mean, while we're talking about that sort of thing, we can also think about, you know, things like bloodlust. How do these heroics that aren't getting picked become good? Right. I don't know. Uh, draft correctly, and then you can bloodlust. <laughs> yeah, that's the weird thing about it, right? Like, you're going to bloodlust your Vala. Well, Vala has so little health that she doesn't care. You're going to bloodlust your Zuljan. Well, he kind of doesn't want that. 
Because he's going to mess up his own health amounts in more ways than one. It's a, I don't know. It, it, then we start to get into the conversation of, I think it's okay when certain heroics are edge case scenarios uh, and probably more well-suited to a, a pre-made team rather than mm. pick up games. And I really like that on Rhaegar because you know, I've had some games this past month with not even full five stacks, but you know, like a three stack or a four stack playing with the Rhaegar and the Rhaegar's like, all right, let, let's do it. We got it. We can make this work. Let's go blood boss. And we're all like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. And it works, but I would never want to do that with four people. I don't know. Um, I mean, we also got to remember too, that like the amount of nerfs Rhaegar received after losing self ancestral, like they took it away and then just kept nerfing him. And they did that rework and they wanted to increase his basic attack damage again. And it got way out of hand. So they gave it back after they worked down Rhaegar to a point where he could no longer be, you know, he was basically a turbo Kyrazim with few of those weaknesses that Kyrazim has. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing in the back of the mind for sure, but I'm just going to keep your eyes on Ariel. Um, Chungal went up. I love like a new went up, but not by much, man. No, not by much. Not it. And we can't expect that, you know, a new is seeing all the picks right now. I certainly haven't seen him in a while being anything. You know, there's a couple stacks you see where they're just like stun stuns, but you got ETC right there. If you really want to double tank it up and ETC's attack is great. He actually does quite a bit of damage and he really owns a solo lane too, if you want to play him that way. Mm -hmm. And I think much like our Rhaegar, like we wouldn't be talking about Rhaegar all the time if Rhaegar couldn't take camps. And the same kind of goes for ETC in the laning phase. He is really good in the laning phase because he has a great attack speed and attack damage, and he's going to zone out and be perfectly safe up there. So if we want a Nubarak back, I think we have to give him that edge again. And maybe that edge is bonus damage from the Beatles to Merc camps or, you know, give him the Rhaegar treatment or the ETC treatment. He's got to be able to cover another role other than massive stuns. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, th- I thought we were going to see a bit of a natural creep of an Uberac back up the win rates just with the the uh, uh, XP orb change because suddenly mages are back on the menu. Mm. But it, has, it hasn't really been the case. And granted, it hasn't been that long, right? We're, we're talking no. a week later. But st- I would have expected seeing a, you know, a minor buff that we saw to an Uberac plus mages coming back in full force which that certainly has happened i've seen i've had mages in every single damn game i've played this week um i would have thought yeah. Iraq would have been having a little bit better of a of a time but he he I, he was kind of i feel like he's in the place regar was like a year ago like Unubarak has eaten a lot of nerfs this year uh, it's it's interesting for sure we have an odd exchange on our drafting right now we are very focused on heavy frontline that collected those orbs while allowing one mage into the game again because we have reverted some of those changes but it's not an instant adaptation you know right before we hit the 2019 balance update it was a lot of hammers false ads and everything under the sun that could soak at a distance and get crazy we haven't completely bounced back from that yet. And the orbs are still there and maybe they're making the mages feel bad about themselves. And I'm honestly surprised that Kael'thas hasn't had a better resurgence because of how clumped up we are with all these melee we're taking. I've eaten so many of those damn gravity lapses, man. 
Yeah. It's, uh, it's I, I don't think I've seen triple gravity lapses, like empowered gravity lapses actually hit three people this consistently in a very long time. And it is because we're clumped up, but yeah, that's it's, a, and maybe Anubarak sitting there, you know, as a gatekeeper, Diablo has been the gatekeeper before. If you lead with a mage pick, he becomes more valuable. Mm-hmm. Chances are they'll still squeeze on a Zul'jin or a Rainer or something that's going to really ruin your day. Even auto attack Falstad. But we don't lead with mage picks right now. It feels like really bruisers are the first to go. And I like that because they're generalists. And I like it because I'm playing a lot of Thrall. But I do feel the need to be like, whoa, hey, okay, we got a Thrall, we got a tank lined up. Let's let's get off this train a little bit. Let's not do that melee healer we were going to do. Let's make sure we actually... Does anyone play range? Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's why I kind of... I'm feeling the itch to go back to Jaina right now because of that clump. But she's... She's tricky, and I do wonder if her win rate is being kept down by seductive, easy, feel-good talents. And there are a lot of them. Do you think we're building her wrong? I think so. I mean, it's not a huge popularity spike. We are seeing still things like Frost Shards, Ice Lance, uh, Ice Barrier, Icy Veins come 13, but Stormfront is starting to climb the popularity list. This is the one where you have the cast range increase and the radius increase. Mm -hmm. And when people start investing in that sort of thing, they start thinking of things like Ice Fury Wand. And I think there's a lot... I mean, even to say that 16% of Jainas are out there in ranked environment taking Ice Fury Wand isn't what a team needs on their Jaina. And I'm not saying like, oh, it's it's a trick talent. You're going to ruin your games by taking this. No, but it's so rarely what your team needs. An auto-attack Jaina working on getting more blizzards. You do a very high-value blizzard, and that's how you win. Not casting blizzards more often, because when you miss a blizzard, much like our Kel'Thuzad, you're the target. You just, you messed up. And everyone's going to get wild on our whole team. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Where's your thought on uh, Ring of Frost right now? Because I'm still I'm I'm seeing a lot of James in my game, and I'm seeing a lot of Ring of Frost, and I'm not the biggest fan because I feel like folks know how to dodge it, and yeah, because we're melee heavy, they they dodge it even if they have to stop in the middle of it for a second to not get frozen, then they just continue marching forward and murder you. I mean, it honestly feels like a tradition at this point. It's kind of like seeing the druid jump into travel form and run across. You know, your wow, capture the flag. And like, well, there goes the guy who wants the flag. Get him. Like, no one else here wants it. Maybe there's a rogue or two hiding somewhere. But clearly that person is going for the flag. Let's all kill them pronto over and over again. And ring is a lot like that. It's a really good skill. It does what you want to do. But we've all dodged it for so long. We know exactly what's coming. And if you're going to then say, well, we'll put other heroics on top of it. Well, now your team's less versatile and enemy resurrects enemy avoidances, unstoppable cleanses become even more valuable. And that one cleanse just dodged a ring of frost and the apocalypse that followed and the who well, whatever else you stacked on top of it. I mean, water elemental is a choice. You should look at the enemy team and say, Oh, my water elemental is dead. One Jaina, 
orb is going to come flying, kill water elemental. No one had to struggle. But oftentimes, oftentimes with a 5% increased win rate, water elemental just does whatever the heck it wants for its whole duration and wanders around and kills the bejesus out of the enemy team. Yeah, it brings a lot of guaranteed damage to Jaina. You know, when you when you miss that blizzard, uh, the water elemental can kind of help make up for that, right? And so many of our maps are freaking fights over points. It's forcing players into a specific area. So, I mean, you, that, you could also make an argument for ring for the same reason. But again, I think we come back to ring is an ability a lot of us know how to dodge. Yeah, and... We want to drop it on top of the enemy team. And, and maybe if you're thinking like tactically, you're thinking I'm going to make them make a difficult choice. They're going to have to either stand where they are and we'll kill them all. Or they're going to have to soak that route and we'll destroy them. Yeah. Ooh, they have too many melee. Ring of Frost is great here. That too many melee team can't even access your water elemental though. And that's the switcheroo you got to pull on your brain in order to be good at Jaina. And plus it's frosting. And it is so much better at completing your quest. I mean, honestly, you're looking at completing your quests if you're just playing normally at like 16. You can get it done at 13 with Water Mental. It's so good at dinging. And <laughs> I love it for that. It, if I'm rocking, Ring of Frost is really, to me, a it goes on top of terrain. Like that circle in the middle is where a building is. So that the ring has maximum coverage on land that actually matters. Mm. To, to me, it's, like middle. I think of it as very draft dependent and more so my team's draft and less so the opposing team's draft. Because like if my team has some sort of setup, stuns, slows, that kind of stuff, then I'm much more inclined to go ring. But if it's just me and my hopes and dreams to get ring to land, I tend to lean water elemental. I don't think I've uh, ooh ooh popped in my head. You know, last time I blindly went ring, Kyle. Hmm. was during Deckard Kane's heyday. Sure. Because he was just slowing the crap out of the entire enemy team and rings were hitting their marks right and left. It was wonderful. And chat brings up a great point that Wintermute is a very powerful augment for your water elemental come 20. And we're getting to 20 again. But how do we... And, and that's where I think we need to say people aren't training enough. And we need to encourage that. Like the quick match screen needs to have a try button because Winter Mute gives your water elemental the ability to cast Jaina's abilities for 50% damage. Like you need to be sitting on all your cooldowns. You need me to be ready rock. You need to be thinking like multi-angle Abathur extra symbiote shot thoughts. So these things actually line up where they should rather than you hitting your one and one missing. Maybe Chromies are really good at winter mute, but most people aren't. And so you go, I, uh, wait, what? Uh, Ice Blink, which isn't bad, but we might see more, you know, how many, how many tens do we take? Cause the 20 is amazing. I look at that thrall, right? Like it's pretty damn good to give everybody a shield. You're like, yeah, I kind of like to slow up this team. Oh, but come one twenty fight when we win the game, I'd sure like to give everybody a shield. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and chat room's bringing up uh, Winter Mute plus Icy Veins, which, yes, please. Yeah. Kind of nasty. But how do, you, how do you discover that naturally? And rarely in a level 20 fight are you like, mm, you know, let me, uh, uh, let me deduce what just happened there. The answer's super easy. Tell your friends to listen to Into the Nexus. There you go. Done. We've solved your problems, everyone. Right? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this became a bit of a Jaina tangent, but that, 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 that's fine because we're talking about getting back on mages and a surprise that mages haven't, you know, rocketed up now that they're allowed back in the game, as it were. And yeah. you know, it, it is interesting. Like I, I think a lot about video games and how people can train for them. We all want to be better at the things we do and we like to be good at what we love. So people watch, you know, gardening channels and cooking channels. And, you know, my, my sister for Christmas got one of those, what are they like? It's not Phoenix, but one of those crazy like exercise bikes that like tune into live broadcasts. So you can join them. That's very, that's the end thing right now. I have no idea what the hell it's called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like how do we put that in video games? Cause people want to be good. We just haven't, funnerized it yet i mean it's it's called twitch tv dude yeah it's there it exists Um, but we need to join a class and like i'll be clicking and being like (laughs) you know what your apm's too low you you, you gotta have the guy copy he's like gotta keep up that apm's falling below 50 come on uh it's called kyle ferguson (laughs) there we go (laughs) like that's hell describing your stream really at the end of the day like i'm not making a joke this is you uh, you are the Richard Simmons of getting better at Heroes of the Storm. Well, what I need to do is create an app that allows me to see your APM at home while I'm playing. And then we all, you know, compete Ooh. for top APM. Oh, oh, dude. Oh, it's the brain. It's the brain meme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just blew my mind. Oh, that's that's fantastic. But you got to buy the special mouse and the special keyboard with the screen attached to it. You know, yeah, you know, you pay the subscription, right? Like, and then, <laughs> and then this is where like your father-in-law comes in and is like, and by the way, like you could do an app that like has pizza points and people get pizza and you're like, okay, never mind. That sounded like a great business plan, but I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Mm. I, I feel you there. <sighs> well, um, let's see. We talked about your Ariel. We talked about Nubarak. We got on off a tangent about mages. Uh, Yarel, Illidan, Samuro, Varian, they all kind of got buffed as well. How are they doing? Did they move up the ranks at all? Yeah, Sammy's doing all right. I mean, it's not explosive, but he is up 0.57. But we can say that over time, he's starting to have a higher pick rate. Sammy is being included in the game. He has many counters, and we should probably talk about those if your world is going to be full of Sammies. I mean, one of them is the another hero that got buffed and is moving up the win rates, Illidan. Yes. You need to be cautious about batter assault Illidan. The, you know, you're going to be sitting in draft thinking to yourself because, you you know, you're awesome. So you're thinking to yourself, how can I punish illusions? There are going to be heroes grouped all the time together. I want to ruin their day. I want to get lots and lots of sweet stacks. You can stack on illusions if you're Zul'jin, if you're anybody for hidden heroes, illusions count. But can we go deeper? Can we do things that hit multiple heroes for cooldown resets? What about a Ragnaros? Because we can do slam, slam and heal ourselves for massive amounts because of this clumping that Sammy's providing. Mm, interesting. I mean, I, I, I meant to play more with him, but the holidays got in the way. So I've, I've just kind of scratched the surface into to, to trying some more uh, myself, he feels very good. Uh, chat room's yeah. talking about Wower and chat room brings this up. I'd be interested to get your thought. Kyle says Samaro is easier to play, in my opinion, not better. He was very good at deleting people, and that niche is gone. That is very true. You are going to feel a little bad if you're a longtime Sammy player and you want to get that Zagara who's getting away. He is easier to play. I think because of that, he's more fun in some regards. I've heard people just using Bladestorm to clear lanes. 
Because on a 25 second cooldown, why not? Why, why wouldn't you? You're slow anyway. Yeah, just move on with your life very quickly. Like, cool. Go and report. I mean, you could also say that, like, hey, you know, I've got some pretty cool augmented level seven talents. We've all been doing Burning Blade for a really long time because we want the lane clear of it. Why not just go Blade Storm and pick something cool like Crushing Blows or Phantom Pain there and see what we can really get done? Well, you, you still- mentioned the, um, that Blade Storm was spell damage. Yeah. Last episode. And it, it, it certainly helps like going against those Illidans that are just evading all of the, all of the damage that you're doing. Suddenly blade storm helps you, uh, you know, get a little more damage, but it's not enough. You're still going to have a hard time, uh, in the, in those scenarios. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, the feeling like for those old Sammy's out there, you know, you're probably thinking about something less draft dependent. You want to get those deletes like harsh wind and just sticking to somebody and knocking them out. That doesesn't really happen. And if you're thinking Bladestorm's on a reduced cooldown, I can harsh wind and then Bladestorm. Bladestorm's damage was reduced, so that's not really happening. Sammy is more map dependent than ever, but he's way more welcoming because he can control his own health. And that's an interesting dynamic. I think for these Sammys who mained him out there, they're very sad, likely. But for all of us who just love Sammy and love what he can do, but it was just over complex or too loud to get done as what someone else could do easy. It just feels nice to have Sammy in an approachable place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even though Illidan is on the rise, it's not like he has completely made a major comeback and is sitting at the top of the win rates. No, but you know, if you're going to tilt on an Illidan after uh, Sammy's been picked on the other side, you're looking at a lot of power that battered assaults, hitting multiple heroes, dodging all the auto attacks. He's still like butcher in that way. You know, blind up the Sammy. Granted, he can you know now be given a salvo and avoid blinds. More so that Sammy should control himself, split his illusions because that is a cleanse for his own right, and just get rid of the blind that's on him. Unlike Butcher, who is more dependent on yeah. those auto attacks. Still, uh, that's a good little tip. So wait for the blinds and then pop your illusions. Clean yourself up. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and then Varian. It's doing okay on the rise. Yeah, he's doing all right. I mean, really, the only failure nerf here, if you want to call it, that was Johanna. Probably because people went, oh, they, ner- they nerfed Johanna, guys. Everyone, everyone out. And then the Johanna main said, no, it's fine. We're just <laughs> going to keep doing what we were doing. She's up 0.25. She's fine. Uther, though, did take a bit of a dive. So he is down almost 1%. And since this XP patch came in, He's dropped about two full percent. So not insane, but as we reduced, you know, our or maybe as we increased our number of melee to grab those XP orbs, Uther lost his secondary tank, main tank viability, and is slowly falling down. I'm I'm in a weird place with Uther. I really would rather have a main tank. And I know a lot of people who are like, Uther main tank, let's do it. It's just so limited, you know, one target. That's not what us maybe in solo queue need to win the day. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, I really like, I, I really like having at least another peel capable bruiser, if not just another tank with my Uther and another support, but that's a really limiting draft, right? Yeah. It's limited in that way as well. You're starting to get really specific in where I like to be when I pull 
uh, pull out the uh, the old Luther tank, right? So I don't I don't know. Well, I mean, look at it's it's odd because Uther's up there, but look at our top tanks right now, Malganus and Johanna. They are the grab bag. The whole enemy team's here, guys. Asleep or stunned, take your pick and kill whoever you can, yeah. and that works in solo queue. Whereas I know full and you know in organized play, even our bonanzas, like we've rocked on Uther because you just make selections. Right, right. But like it's not one of those things that's like really dependent, I think, on the capability of the team to react mm-hmm. to what you can pull off with the Uther. Uh, it's um what the heck were we talking about last week? Where I said They're in it episodes. <laughs> yes, Kyle, thank you. <laughs> no, there was something we were talking about some kind of popular headspace. And I was like, well, you're putting a lot of, a lot of faith into your team's ability to execute. I can't remember mm. what it is now. Damn. Shoot. But it's basically the same thing with Uther, right? Like once you get your divine storm, you have two major stuns that are, that can be playmakers, but in it, it, it could be the lonely mosh, right? Like if no one's following it up, what's the point? Well, and you know, in that way, Tyrael has not been enjoyable for me for a really long time because of his trait doesn't have the oof anymore. Back when I would explode and, you know, give everybody 50% of their health as a shield, they made such an error by targeting me in the first place that either they killed me first and we won and Greymane dove with awesome shielding or they wouldn't attack me at all. Because they knew I could explode and take care of my whole team. And I had this really like great fantasy of being in there in an angel man zooming around, hitting whoever I wanted, doing whatever I want, teleporting at the last moment. And Uther's got that. And in that way, I think there is a seductive nature to the players who play him, kind of like the Hanzos. It's never your fault you lose because you never got targeted or you blew up first and that everything went right and you heal everybody. It's everybody else's fault that you're losing. Hanzo leapt, hovered away on a wispy cloud. You know, and, oh, you know, just it's ridiculous watching him get away when he's good. But when he's behind and complaining and typing at the team, you're like, well, of course you got away. You're Hanzo. <laughs> well, I must be great at this game. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I still like Uther, but I, I, really, I think it's just simpler. Like, he lost some health. He's easier to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily the right thing to do in some situations. So I'm curious to see as we adapt to not killing Uther and then killing him swiftly with his reduced health if Uther continues to fall. Yeah. Yeah. His evil went up, by the way. Uh, he got a nerf. He went up. So people are maybe taking toads again. Johanna as well. Just- Right. Yeah. Well, Nazebo yeah. got a buff in the freaking change the, the way we gather XP. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You can nerf Nazebo all you want. The fact that he can actually get freaking experience again is a major buff to Nazebo. That's fair. I do think though that maybe some Nazebos out there said, "Okay, all right, fine. I like bonus range. Maybe I'll cool it down <laughs> a little bit." We're starting to see popularity rise again. In I don't pandemic. know, man. I don't know. I've you know my Rexar games, dude. The, the, all the Nazebos that can hit spiders like gods, they're back and they're scaring the shit out of me. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so are they doing the Widowmaker thing? And yeah, dude, it's sick. It's so okay. annoying. It's it's a very specific niche thing that is causing me trouble at the moment. 
I mean, that's the joy of Quick Match Nazebo is you can really adapt to the type of mage your team needs. And doing a full spider build is quite delightful. Yeah, I'm not saying you should do that, but uh, and please don't. If you see a Brexar named Garrett on the other team, please don't do that. But uh, yeah, I do think it's immensely cute that these spiders have weight. They're a unit and they can't go through walls. Oh, yeah. Well, so if you need to get away, you can go through, a, you know, a gate and they'll they'll kind of like stare at you from the outside. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, who else went up? But Johanna got nerfed and still went slightly up in the in the win rates as well. I mean, we're talking real yeah. minor movement here, but I think that says a lot about Johanna. And same thing, like like to to cap off the Uther talk, which I know we kind of were already done with, but like Uther was really high, really freaking yeah. high in the win rates. Uh, so that he's dropping, like this is you know extra emphasis on let's see how far Uther drops because I don't think it's a an epidemic. No, and it'll be okay. And I'm interested to see how things like Greymane even out. Um, Zagar even went up a little bit so that people who took that talent where you get auto attack weren't doing it wrong. I mean, Greymane didn't really move in his popularity. It's still Hunter's blunderbuss throughout the world. But win rate is really up on Tooth and Claw, which has a lot of like really powerful text in it. Worgen basic attacks cleave for 100% damage now and increase swipes damage by 100%. What are you going to do when you go in? You're going to swipe... That's a lot of damage, and that win rate's up to 67%. Granted, level 20 talent, and these are always kind of broken. Mm. Rad. <sighs> like, overall, Aureol and Samaro saw kind of some of the largest upward momentum, right? They're kind of the big winners yeah. from the last patch. Definitely. We declared them the winners last patch, and they definitely... They're having their time, particularly that Aureol. It's not out of control, and of course, it's the holidays. Like, the gameplay has gotten confusing um there's a lot of people who don't want to play the video game or playing the video game which is always weird but that's yeah, just it's people returning and they're just yeah. cranky crying out loud someone was saying illidan was fed in the game we played right before the that game was like great what I'm like what are you who are you where the shit have you been <laughs> have you ever played this game before like guys Ill Illidan's fed. We can't Illidan's win. Fed. Oh, we can't win. Oh my god! And it's just like, dude, I'm the Sammy. I'm having the hard time. You've got all the spell damage. Land your shit. Like, it was fascinating. I was the so phrase you never hear. Annoyed, and the person actually stopped participating. Like, I mean, actually they, stopped playing the game. And there's some things you shouldn't say. And here's the storm. One is, you know, that the enemy hero, one particular hero, is fed. But number two, the other one that you're seeing a lot this week is call missing. Well, you know, it's not what we do in here is the storm. And we like it that way because our maps are small. Right. And and it's even more useless now since the movement speed increased. So it just doesn't matter. Listen, dude, uh, it's it's Christmas time and that means snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful time of year. It's wonderful. They're all here with their wrong opinions. So, anyways, it's 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 uh, honestly it's a coin flip. I feel like fifty percent of my games are great. Everyone's on the same page, and even if we're not, we're making it work, or at least not being jerks about it. And then I get the tilt the tilt masters. Now, now so. that all said, you should you know take the moment to move your mouse to the top of the screen. Ping missing, but you know don't bother typing it because by the time you type it out, they'll be in another lane. No, no, no. Unless you're like. I don't know, unless you're one of these people that really like to get cute with, you know, missing is is copied to your computer and you just control V. Sure. 
Like you want to get cute like that. Cool. Uh, I'm not that kind of person. I'm a, I'm a I, pinger as well, Kyle. I'm a pinger. Yeah. Everyone has their advantage. You know, it's like so many things in life. Some people are really good typers and you see them on stream and you're like, that's how they got to masters. They can type out paragraphs like nobody's business and can like instruct their teams through text because they're just so darn good at typing. I'm trying to like do oi so I can do a, you know, thumbs up. And I'm like, oh, crud, I did the semicolon. Hang on, back, 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 back. You know, by the time I even said nice, I've I've ruined the game. <laughs> Dude, as long as you're not uh, entering, you know, QWER into the text chat while you're trying to actually fight. Oh, luckily that, yeah, that never really happened. That was a huge epidemic for me in World of Warcraft, though. Like the number of times I... I inserted SSS5, which would have been back, 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 self-divine shield. Er. <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What about, uh, how's Thrall doing? Because Thrall, Thrall got a little retooled. I mean, he got a level one talent to try to bring up his level one talents into line. And, you know, let's let's take a look at the guy here. I like I've been saying I'm just all over Thrall. I think he is a phenomenal. It, it, it his root is amazing. This is the third week in a row you mentioned Thrall. I think it is it's safe to say it's kind of your jam right now. Yeah, it's you know like I said earlier, my I'm having to battle a little bit the draft to make sure we get a ranged assassin. But we were in a game last week together, a rank game we were playing, and just the ability for Thrall to turn around things come level sixteen and twenty is just huge. Echo the Elements, though, still has the highest popularity of 51%. Crash Lighting at 27%, and now the new Rolling Thunder at 20%. Though, Rolling Thunder has the highest win rate. But we can also say that people are picking it when they're, you know, versing tanks in lane, and they want to do a tank buster build for the whole thing. So it makes perfect sense that the win rate's the highest for that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've been enjoying Zagara. Again, not taking her into the draft, but I'm having some really fun quick match games. I mean, I keep on the Sammy train, dude. I really think that it rewards the split pushing that you want. The movement speed is basically, you know, a nidus at this point. Like, just oh, no, get around the map however fast you want. I'm with you. I believe. It's just that I like cigars. So, but just oh, she's yeah. my fun pick right now. Want to have some fun? Log in, open the garage, take the cigar out for a spin. Because of all the lack of ranged assassins, it sounds so insane to me. Like I can't stop thinking, what world is this where I queue up for a rank game and there's no ranged assassins? It's a MOBA people. Where's all the ranged assassins? I've been playing a lot of Lunara when I end up on that particular role, mm, and not in games with I'm, me because people go, "Why would you pick Lunara? Lunara is the worst hero ever." No, just throw the draft now. Why would you? Look? Yeah, that, that was a weird. Thing. Where do people like, get these really specific opinions? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they got that one. My Lunaria has felt really good. And I think Leaping Strike is an excellent way to delete somebody quickly while avoiding getting repositioned by Alarak too hard. Like, I, I there, you know, people watch streamers. Or, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I get maybe that's what that's probably what it is. Like, if some one streamer out there is like, Lunara is the worst, and they take it to heart. And, yeah, it's simple information, right? Like, it's not complicated. Someone says Lunara is the worst. Excellent. Like, we can internalize that. We can hate all Lunara players. But it depends. And sometimes Lunara is awesome. And because of her base movement, I've just found that she's she's an old, you know, 
She's a bicycle. You just get on, you start riding. You don't forget. You know, you don't have to the, get off the ski lift and fall over. You just kind of go. <laughs> could you could you turn that into an analogy for someone who's never been skiing? Uh, you get off the monorail and you just keep going. <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a I'm a skier, so I will. So snowboarders, you just sit in the middle of the run and get in everyone's way, and that's what you do. That's it's it's, it's basic Doesn't level. Doesn't help. Yeah, the problem is I was a rollerblader, and so I became a skier, and I've never learned how to... Oh, you would be a rollerblader. Oh, my God, I learned something new about you today. That doesn't surprise yeah. me at all, though. Yeah, but I always wanted to learn how to skateboard because it's way cooler. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's no, good. no. I liked street illusion growing up. That was fun. What is that? That's where you sit on a skateboard and you put on like three layers of gardening gloves. And you, and you and like you... self push yourself. Okay. Right. And like you, you know, like we had a really good hill. You know, it was, it was, well, you know, the rock. You got a hill, you don't need to push yourself. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, there'd be flat areas. So we'd go, go to the top of the hill and we'd roll down and there'd be like, you know, a, a stop sign that you could grab on and like do like the, like, you know, spin around kind of thing, Kira style. And then keep going and be like, whoo with your hands and getting them in the cracks like it was probably not safe at all but it was a blast and on that note i think we're done looking at the uh the win rates up and down from since the balance patch i think we're good we're good everybody how old was i when i was doing this i was uh, uh, from the chat street illusion got buffed uh draft street luge i was 15 15 when you were doing this yeah, man. man. It was sweet. You were a wholesome 15-year-old. We were blowing things up. We were taking apart fireworks and making our own fireworks from what we opened them up and opened up out of them. Okay. Well, I, I was, yeah. All right. I we was did strap bloomer. really what, what large bottle rockets to a skateboard one time and tried to propel ourselves with it, but our weight was too much and it just exploded under our feet. So you were sitting it up out there where I was playing wholesome Andy games. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think that was also when we started Garage Bands. We were just starting to get in the music. So. That's what did it, man. Devil's music. You were listening to music. I was playing D&D. One of these leads to the dark side, and we found which one. <laughs> one of these leads to street losing, and clearly yeah. it's D&D. <laughs> well... Uh, anyways, let's, um, let's get into this. Let's crack the seal on some questions and some emails, shall we? Darkness, stop calling. Does anyone else hear that buzzing? Hold on. Darkness just texted me. Oh, you can send your emails to itncast at gmail.com. I'm having a lot of fun on today's episode. <laughs> and if you're a patron, you have access to the patron-only Discord. You can skip the inbox and send us messages directly there. And that's where today's questions come from. Valkamir uh, asked us how we would change Blackheart's Bay, and we kind of got on that subject already. So we talked about that at the top of the show. But Valkamir had a second question and wanted to know if we could choose from another protected core map, a capture the flag map, or a wonder map see age of mythology wonder wind conditions i don't i don't, I don't know what that means I'm like, uh which would you choose and and how would you theme it do you know what this means kyle ah <laughs> oh, man it's been so long you built a special building and it was basically like a economic victory in civilization okay all right uh, that's so, all you had to tell me i mean like in a sense you would build a building that would piss everybody off and if they couldn't destroy it, you won the game <laughs> okay all right all right i don't want that that sounds terrible um i, I mean actually hold up though 
Like, how cool would that be as one of our old gods, heroics? Level 20, five-minute timer starts. You got five minutes to finish the game, or they win. You force such reckless aggression. It would be crazy, right? If you've got... Oh, my... What? Game's got to end anyway. I don't think I want that on a hero we can draft. I mean, how many games go to 30 minutes anyway? Let's put it at 10 minutes, just like the Age of Mythology Wonder was. Like, it's 20 minutes in. You're saying if this game goes to 30, we win. Uh, yeah, it caused a bunch of turtling, so it wouldn't be the best. But I, I don't know. Please, no. Please, no. Okay. It's, listen, dude, it's cool in theory. I, I, but I could just see it now. It's just like, if you don't win, it's like, why'd you waste the talent? And if you do win, it's just like, well, that was that was a slog of a 10 minutes or whatever the time yeah. it happens to be. Um, I think in practice, I'm not sure how fun how fun that would be. Um, dude, I mean, I have really kind of wanted to see Warsong Gulch just like pretty much as it exists in yeah. Years of the Storm, kind of since its announcement. Um, or honestly, actually, you know what? A Rathy Basin would be really interesting, like really freaking interesting. I don't think you could have that many points, but, you know, imagine something like Volskaya where all three points were active all game long. Yeah. So then that I think would be a good mix with the protected core. So the game is fight over these points. All the objective is up all game long. Go for it. Beat the snot out of each other. It's the only way to win the game. Mm. Now it's been a while since I've been PVPing and wow, there are no like neutral units or enemy units that attack you while you're holding a point, right? No, no, it's nothing. There's nothing like that. No. At least not in not in a Rathy Bay. I don't think they've even added. No, no, no. There's nothing like that. So if we put the points in the middle, or at least close enough that you could soak the lane, like even closer than like Braxus, then we could continue to have XP as it works in Heroes of the Storm, but enjoy holding this area on top of it. Yeah, I think we would still have to do some kind of mix with like Towers of Doom or something. We would still need to incentivize wanting to lane, gather XP, destroy walls, right? Yeah. Um, that's not my job. My job is not to figure that out. My job is to say, I think it'd be cool having three objectives up simultaneously, the almost the entire damn game. Maybe it doesn't no, need to I be like, the entire damn game, but... I, I like the basin for that reason, and, you know, jumping off the top and levitating down. But hmm. I've... I know that they've tried a capture the flag. They haven't come out and say it, but it's so like obvious sitting there that it must be too frustrating. Tassadar gets the flag. We start drafting really weird movement abilities. Brightwing just teleports globally. Hopefully that would cause her to drop the flag, right? Are there rules like that in WoW? Yes, 100%. Cool. So if you like, I don't know, Cloak of Shadows or something, does... I, I'm not going to quote because I don't know exactly for sure. But yeah, like you can't just go stealth as a rogue with the flag. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why I was like Warrior a- because you could charge and then intercept onto a friend and not drop the flag. But Right. And then you got, you know, travel forms and all the bear stuff that I like doing back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting though. Like a capture flag was certainly my favorite PV, uh, my not even PVP game, my favorite PE game, steal the bacon in particular because there were three flags and it made the game last a little longer. Mm, I always liked that. We, we we I paintballed a lot in my youth. Sure. Uh, if everyone hasn't already gotten a picture of how Florida my 
teen years were from uh, ex- trying to make rocket skateboards out of fireworks and whatnot than saying I paintballed a lot when I was young uh, should really drive it home. But, uh, dude, hey, I loved it when we brought a flag into it. You, you, uh, we, we, we would do, um, we would, we would hang a flag in the middle. It's just one flag. Go for it. Parents always want you to go outside. They just didn't know what we were doing outside. Like, all right, I'll stop playing super smash bros, mom and dad, but I'm going street illusion. <laughs> My parents were all for it. They were just stoked. I actually wanted to go outside on purpose. There you go. And they're like, you want to do what? No. Okay. Yeah, sure. Go paintball and go nuts. Yeah, so if we, if we built a a list of rules that would stop Dahakas and Brightwings and Falstads, they would drop the flag. I would love to see it done. Yeah, I'd like to see it too. I, I, I would be honestly for either of those two things. So it's those classic World of Warcraft battleground mechanics, like either Warsong or Arathi, one of those two. Maybe do Eye of the Storm because it has both. You know, hold the point and run the flag. You know, hand it in. It it causes tower shots. Maybe we bring in the Towers of Doom mechanic of if you're holding more than one, if you've taken a tower down, you get extra shots. It'd be interesting. I would like to, I want to see them riff on Towers of Doom more because I really, it's such a cool freaking battleground. I'll ask the chat this as well. Is there any maps that you feel aren't, represented in heroes of the storm like we're talking all about world of warcraft but are there other places you know diablo starcraft that we just don't have that feel like they're really lacking you mean settings or game types yeah like i mean do you really want to do uh that diablo space where we go looking for books like where where in the blizzard mythos isn't represented a map if we were to expand our because we're always talking about world of warcraft you know I mean, that's uh, where a Zerg or a Protoss map because both of the Starcraft maps are very Terran esque. Mm. And one of them is Warhead Junction and basically isn't in, in the game as far as I'm concerned. I know it's in Quick Match, but uh, it's Warhead Junction. Yeah. Get some Terrazine with Alarak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it should be Stepman because he's the character on the Terrazine co op commander map. That's true, and his his character. I want to hear him talk about Gary. Actually, when is Gary going to be a hero in Heroes of the Storm? What do we get? Gary, science vessel, yeah, yeah, it's a science vessel. Mm. I want Gary, but I want the voice to be Stepman talking about Gary. Sure, that's playing Gary. Mm. Hearthstone says sidearm CC. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. I mean, again, it's kind of, I don't know. What, what is a Hearthstone? Ba- oh, it looks like a Hearthstone playboard. Yeah. And like your cores are the innkeepers and they're playing a game around you. They're the, oh, that would be interesting. I was thinking it would be, you just randomly assign one of the nine heroes, uh, uh, Hearthstone heroes. <laughs> and it literally just looks like the hero portrait. Oh, no, I'm thinking like when the minions get played, you know, he's floating there sitting and he you know puts down a card and then the minions spawn and they walk all out and you get an objective and he draws four cards and those four units go into lanes or whatever. Oh, I mean, you'd have to play one card that summons three waves simultaneously. So you'd probably have to be like a treant token druid card or the old muster for battle. The paladins summon three one one. Sorry, I'm getting really thematic here. No, you. No, you do a Hearthstone show. You know, you got to represent. We got the Punisher. They do multiple things. So why can't we have, you know, multiple things that kind of do the same thing? And, you know. Oh, you're saying the objective is like it spawns. Like, so the the, it, the 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 innkeeper plays 
random things that are just your your waves, but also the objective spawns like a hero card. Right. So like exactly. the keeper like slams down Hogger and it and it, you know, Hogger goes down the middle lane and spawns two slightly less powerful knolls in the sidelines. Yeah, and of course the whole time, you know, he's being the we don't have him as an announcer, right? Oh, I'm into this. No, we don't. Oh, what a what? Like you, you could do your kill count, you could do epic. Okay, and, frankly, oh. frankly, the innkeeper is dead. Long live Bob the bartender. Because at this point, I want a Bob the bartender announcer in Heroes of the Storm. Because I have tilt issues, sir, and nobody makes me feel better in this world than Bob the bartender. Because he believes in me, Kyle. It doesn't matter that I'm going out like a chump in seventh place because I just got draft screwed. Bob the bartender thinks I can win this, friend. I don't know. He's he's fake, man. I trust that epic screamer, you know, original guy. But then again, I only played. <laughs> I only. Somebody is in it because nobody reminds me of Bob more than you. <laughs> okay. Oh wow, wow. I'm sorry to diss him, but I mean, I played Battleground for the first time over the holiday break since it came out, and all the heroes were different, and they all felt like crud. I got the. He was a dragon, like Sindragosa, right? Frozen minions get plus one, plus one. That was the most disappointing thing on earth. Maybe that's good. But Cintricus is an ice dragon. But his power sucked. Okay. All right. Do you have to do something after the show? Because I would love, I would love to coach you through a few games of Battlegrounds. Oh, man. I don't don't know about that thing. They changed everything. I I don't know if I have the investment. (laughs) I'm actually kind of learning, too. Ever since they took Amalgams out, I'm a a bit of a loss for how to draft, but... Other than Murlocs, you should just go Murlocs. I feel you though. Let's get Bob. Let's get Bob. <laughs> Let's get Bob. Let's get Bob. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But that's how I would theme. Those are my answers, Valkymer. Do you have anything else, Kyle, or should we move on to Badger Lord? Let's move on to Badger Lord. Right. Badger Lord says I'm practicing with a team in an amateur league uh, for heroes. I am almost always a healer type in the game, but there are others that prefer to heal as well. So I'm trying to expand my roster. What's your best advice for branching out of healing? Uh, of your, as your main preference. I usually play Brightwing, Anduin, and Malfurion for healing. I have some experience with Mephisto, Chen, and Dahaka outside of healing. Dear God, Badger Lord, you're all over the place. Um, hmm. Hmm. Mephisto, Chen, and Dahaka are very unique heroes. They are. Like, they are. Exceptionally unique. So... And it- so that's your that's your hole. And you gotta break that feel if you're going to be competing at a higher level. Like we all really like playing unique things. You gotta find the fun enthrall, Johanna. You know, it's not it's I'm not here to sell you on them, but that's how you get it done, sadly. And your thematic preferences when it comes to drafting need to be lowered. And that's a tough road. Maybe not why you play Here's the Storm and only, you know, open that box if you want to. Yeah. I'm trying to find the through line. Brightwing and Dahaka are global heroes. That's basically it. Um, Anduin has like six saves. I mean, I'm not even seeing a through line with the preferred supports here. It's like Anduin like pulls off six saves and you feel like a badass, right? Brightwing's not well, doing I, that. Malfurion's not doing that. I think your other problem here is that you need to branch out your assassin. So, so healers traditionally are also good mages because you're cooldown based and you're ranged and you're squishy. 
So healers often play, and not in your case, because you like all these unique heroes, but they often play mage assassins. What it sounds like, if I were to take a guess, your amateur team is missing, is either melee assassins or bruisers. Maybe even tanks, which is going to be really different than Chen and Dahaka, just because the way you play. You're, you're special agent, you get a sweet pick maybe, but you're not taking care of others and doing that sort of business. I would find the thematic one that interests you and just slam your head into the ground. Like, Sammy is interesting. Okay, just do it. Greymane, just go for it for an extended period of time. Get 10 games in there, start to develop some preferences, and learn that health pool. And then maybe, honestly, you'll probably be killed by something and you'll go, oh, I forgot about Maiev. She murdered the heck out of me. I can't wait to try Maiev and start that journey. You could also just be Zeratul. Everyone loves in competitive games Zeratul, but that's a lot of work. And the skills of Zeratul don't translate easily over to other heroes. Yeah. Yeah. I would almost I'd also say, like, if you're spending so much time healing, think about the heroes that you already have gained an understanding of through healing, right? Like, someone on your team is playing a Thrall or a Vala or something where you're like, yeah. oh, I love it when they stand here or they move in this way and, you know, set me up to support them in such a fashion. Uh, because you, I bet if you, if you, you know, just spent a few minutes kind of thinking about what here, what damage dealing heroes your teammates are playing that you like playing with and think, and, and just ask yourself why you're going to hopefully find a, a little path to send yourself on. You're also, you know, playing here in an amateur league. So what are your opponents playing? And if you're not banning, you can counterpick. And so maybe, you know, even though she's she's popular, there's a high chance because she's popular. Li Ming. Like, it's not everything you need in the world, but chances are someone on the enemy team probably plays a Li Ming. And just taking that away, even if it's not the most practiced thing on Earth, could yeah. be an advantage in that draft environment. Honestly, I know we talked about the pitfalls. Uther could be you very could, unique. You could fill that tank role at least partially for your team. Hmm. It's a big, it's a big old, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. But big it's clear you depends. enjoy the unique characters and we got to branch you out. And we've talked about many times the sort of the trifecta Falstad, Tychus, Vala, because they're so similar in how they shift. Hmm. It's funny. That, it's funny because I do not like Falstad. That, that's fine. And I will only ever play Falstad if he ever goes auto attack meta, which some say are in, and I'm excited about that, but I don't like him either. Uh, yeah, Vala is... Yeah, not for me. Don't like that Birdman. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's different, but still, you, that, that it matches in a sense. Yeah, I understand. I, I totally get what you're talking about. I'm picking up what you're... I wish the same existed about. for Thrall, Malthiel, Ragnaros, though, because I would... Definitely, I definitely need to expand off Thrall, but ooh, just have no confidence on those other two. Yeah, Matthew fell off hard for me. He was really working for like three weeks. And then, boo! I don't know what, I don't really know what happened there. Um, yeah, so, I would look at, I would look at Uther. I would look <laughs> at Uther, and honestly, like, if you're, you know, you're you're used to having some sort of self-dependability playing a support, and you're used to the shields on Chen. 
Johanna probably wouldn't be hard for you to pick up. You have a lot and, of self you have, you have a yeah. lot of self preservation with Johanna. And so yeah. you can you'll you'll feel I think you're going to feel comfortable with laws of hope and with iron skin. Uh, so then you like that, I think is going to be second nature to you pretty damn quickly. And you can focus on things like anchoring and peeling. Well, and that's something we can grab onto as well as the Chen pick. And I know Badger Lord's been playing Chen for a really long time and mained him for a while too. Yeah. We can take that dive drink and tower range feeling and find it in things like Urel and Muradin. And mm. maybe that skill you've developed to such a wild extreme just going where people don't expect Dahaka bushing in from the back that those two heroes are sitting right there for you to get weird on and they're weird and you can just pull off some really fun things and jumping over walls is fun in murder and avatar form or Urel with some uh, divine dingerings. What's it called? <laughs> what? <laughs> with Urel? Divine dingerings. Yes, I, it is. Don't know. I don't, uh, I don't Argent defender. There you go. I should have known that because I love Paladin, but I don't like Urel. I don't like playing Urel. Well, isn't that my shield for Argus? Isn't he named uh, Argent Defender? Argent of y- yes. I only know Hearthstone cards by what they say. <laughs> oh, that's Defender of Argus. Oh, jeez. Well, Defender of the Argus, dude. The, the 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 given taunt plus one plus one. That's the Ar- that's yeah. Defender of Argus. Totally not Argent Defender. Different. Wait, Argus. Oh, Argent. Wait, wait. So is that like a, a person of Argus? Is an Argent? No. No. Well, damn. All right. <laughs> so Ar- Argent something else then. Yes. Couldn't tell you but, what. Okay. But they're Couldn't from Argus. You. Yep. Oh, it's Ardent. We've been saying it wrong the whole time. Ardent Defender. Oh, I've been throwing. Yeah. Well, you know. Yes. D, not G. Divine Dingeries. It works. Argusian says Drizzling Rose. That would be from Argus. <laughs> there we go. Argusian. Anyways, um, yeah. I think we landed on something. Self-preservation tanks. Give them a shot. You've got some options. Or just go extremes and find other extremes. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting the Argent Crusade mixed up with Ardent Defender. That's what it is. How could you? How could I? Oh. How? How, I ask. Oh, well, thank you for your questions, Valkymer and Badgerlord. Keep them coming. ITNcast at gmail.com. If you're a patron, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Leave us questions in there. Or skip the inbox entirely. Entirely. So um, that's that's a show, Kyle. We did it. We Happy did holidays, it. everybody. Happy holidays. I hope everyone is enjoying their games. Don't let the tilters get to you. Don't add to the tilt as much as I want to. You did well. <laughs> Silence is golden. Silence is golden. Silence is golden. Uh, if Wower had a question, uh, repost it. I can't find the old one. It's too far back in chat. Wower. Uh, I can... Uh, we'll do it. Yeah, just if you can retype it or copy paste it, Wower, we can throw it in here. Ain't no big deal. We're at the end of the show. It's cool. I did try to scroll up and find it, but I can't go far enough back. And now we wait for the the stream lag, Kyle. The stream lag. That's about comfort picks. I knew it was something about comfort picks, but what about what about comfort picks? Uh, 
I don't I don't know what exactly. <clears throat> ah. Oh, Muffin Pickle found it. Can I bring up the topic of Humphrey Picks? I've been playing Artanis during the last season and reached a 75% win rate on him. Um, don't, you can't argue with results. I would continue playing Artanis. Um, yeah. Do you have thoughts, Kyle? I want to ask your opinion on skewing draft in order to pick your comfort picks. I get asked to pick Leork or Chen a lot, but my Artanis has a way higher win rate. Well, that is you could weird. always tell people the win rate, but I wouldn't recommend it because that's just getting combative. Honestly, what I like to do is talk about the advantages of your pick rather than why you like to pick it over the other. There's uh, like the, the rare extreme is, of course, oh, I can't play X. Nobody really likes hearing that either. Uh, I often agree with the statement, particularly if they're getting tilted, and then say, but I really like him here for amateur opponent. I'll be manning the Merc camps on this particular map. And if they continue to insist, you just say, hey, I'm not I'm not here to tilt anybody and go with something the team wants. Just the, the extremes of tilting somebody and having them throw are too high in terms of just getting to play what you want often. Do you want to buffer that? Because I disagree. <laughs> yeah, what about Well, it? I feel like we've, we've many times on the show have been like, be confident in your pick. Sure. You know? And like, do you play Chen? Because if the answer is no, you should absolutely in no scenario ever take Chen because they're asking. Right. So, yeah. I mean, if you play those heroes and you're comfortable on them, then I would consider it. But if... If they're, you know, you've never played a Leoric, you've never played a Chen, or you're not good on them. I I would not do that. So in that case, I mean, you can just lead with it though, right? Because you're yeah. you're basically saying I am such an extreme main and I have no other options, particularly in this role. I'm going to lead and not give the illusion that I have other picks in the first place. Yeah. And this is, yeah, the danger of being a one trick. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with being a one trick. Um, but I do think you need to keep yourself honest. If anything, I would go and look at your own statistics. What are you losing to the most often? And are you seeing a pattern yeah. there? Are there certain heroes that just counter your Artanis? Um, right. And, and does your league know them too? Like for me, Phoenix is such a huge turnoff for our, what I want to get done on Artanis, the kiting, the slowing. It just ruins my day. And I yeah. don't really pick Artanis anymore, except for maybe like those extremes. I don't even really feel it on Battlefield. But that's more of a personal just losses that I've felt there. Uh, I do bleed with him on Hanamura because of that power, because of that ability to take those camps. And it's relaxing too. you go swipe, 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 amateur opponent. He goes to swing and you just do your blade dash through him to the other side, dodge it. And you're back to swipe, swipe, swipe in. Like it's just, it's convenient. And because it's so easy to merc and I'm not like having to macro and like and micro and move myself away, I can go look at the lanes. I can go assess the map itself and where I should be rather than thinking sidestep, step, sidestep, step. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's um 
it's another big, it depends. Uh, to get philosophical for a moment, uh, like I really understand wanting to mitigate tilting your team as much as possible, but there are scenarios where it is just not possible. And I think you need to make yeah. peace with that if you're playing a draft game. Because, um, you know, maybe you play both York and Chad and then cool, consider it. Great. Awesome. But let's consider any other hero is what they're suggesting. And it's a hero you do not play, or it's a hero that you know you play extremely poorly. That's a scenario where you really can't help it. Which is why you should lead with Artanis in this case. Like yeah. that's where your specialization is. You fought so many, like with that win rate, it's clear that you fought in a lot of games mm -hmm. because it's not like 33%, which I know you played three games. So you have the experience to maybe beat badly or beat that thing that counters a normal person. So in the end, it comes down to your league in that way. Right. Right. Like I still show Rexar at the beginning of 95% of my games. But, you know, I have in the back of my mind things I don't do particularly well against. Well, so, and there's tricks you can play with that too, right? Like I've done that in the past during my Tychus main days where I would start on Vala and then be like, oh man, early giant killer is so here is so good here guys wow check it out and i'd switch over to tychus the whole plan was to go to tychus i was just showing my role from the beginning and why my pick was amazing it was all an act it was like digging through your backpack for homework you didn't do yeah i have that i have that too although a lot of i mean i i can play a decent amount of bruisers and solo laners so if it doesn't work out i can usually show the the other pick or actually play the other pick that i'm showing right so um yeah, it's a thing to keep in the back of your mind, but I, I, you, make, make, you got to make peace with the tilt, really, at the end of the day. You cannot please everyone. You cannot be all things for all people. So That is true. You know, I would take it as it comes. Um, I would only consider those picks if you can actually play them and you're comfortable on them. So don't beat yourself up over it is really what I'm trying to tell you, Wauer. Yes, and times will change and it won't be your main for forever. So enjoy your time. Yes, indeed. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks so much to our patrons for supporting us over at patreon.com slash ITN. If you like what we're doing, we would really appreciate the support, everyone. Head on over to patreon.com slash ITN. And every bit helps. You know, dollar, five, ten, the producers up at the high end. It all adds up. It all helps. It all lets us do this for a living. So thank you so much for the support, everybody. It means a lot, you know, and I think about it a lot during the holidays. So thank you. Thank you very much. And huge thanks to our producers too, uh, Declan H, Cheesy Bob, Chris K and Robert M. Thank you all so very much. Uh, many of you have been producers for all, uh, for most of, if not the entire year or years beyond that. So thank you for the insane support for so long. Um, you can catch us live Thursdays, 3 PM Eastern time. We're not falling on holidays. So, may move around next week's episode i have a birthday coming up but we'll see things are still not set in stone but an sure. episode will still happen next week we will figure it out but typically we're live thursdays at 3 p.m eastern time you can catch us live join the chat room over at twitch.tv slash a move tv you can follow the uh, whole podcast on twitter itself at itncast see when we go live get updates about the show over there uh, everything else is at amove.tv Go check it out. Kyle, before we go, you do things other than Into the Nexus. Where can everyone find you? You can find my stream over at twitch.tv slash Kyle Ferguson, where I play Heroes of the Storm. You can find all the podcasts I do over at kyleferguson.com. Two S's in Ferguson. Check out DM Gives Inspiration to learn how to be a dungeon master. Check out Kyle Explains 
for weekly topics. And this next week is the New Year song that has a weird name that I don't remember anymore. But we'll get there. The, the one I know literally none of the words to. Maybe. Is that the one? Probably. Probably. I got nothing. That's why I'm going to explain <laughs> it because I don't know what's going on there. Cool. Wonderful. Well, uh, I'm Garrett Art on Twitter. Uh, you can find me streaming. Uh, I've been, uh, I've t- obviously took this week off for holidays, but I'll be back to the classic and coffee grind Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings over at twitch.tv slash amove. TV, amove.tv is where you can find all of the podcasts, this one included. I would recommend going and subscribing to Let's Talk About Star Wars because as soon as Tom Merritt is back from Japan, we will be recording our our meaty spoiler episode for Rise of Skywalker. We also have the final episode of The Mandalorian for season one coming out tonight at three in the morning. Don't you don't anyone tweet at me because I will be asleep and not watching it until tomorrow night. Um and uh, yeah, so go check that out. Check out Wow Killer with me and Taliesin talking World of Warcraft. We're on holiday break right now, but we're coming back January 8th and uh, all kinds of other fine podcasts over there. Still doing Anger Chicken, still doing all that stuff. Go check it out. Amove.tv. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Into the Nexus. We will see you next week. But until then, good luck, have fun, and happy holidays, everybody. Take care. Take care.